Welcome back to the Hitting Rock Metal podcast, listeners. I am your host, Sally Holder. I am so excited for today's episode. It is going to be all about money. You guys know that I'm incredibly passionate about helping you increase your revenue, scale your businesses, and you have to know your numbers in order to be able to do that. And you want to be able to make wise decisions with your money along the way. And so we have an expert guest for you today that is going to help guide you. She's going to answer all of your questions that I know all of you are thinking about at home. I can't wait for us to dive in. So let's go ahead and get started making your business just a little bit better. So welcome, Eurelis. I am so excited that you are here. It is an honor. You are the owner of Cash is Queen, which is yes. the name of your company. And I am obsessed with it. <laughs> so I can't wait for you to dive in and talk to our listeners today all about what you do. So I will turn it over to you and tell us a little bit about your company, what you do, and then we'll kind of dive into your story about how you got here. Awesome. So hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Sally. Uh, so I, uh, like Sally mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Cash is Queen, and I started in the middle of the pandemic. So in this digital space and world, and I serve um, entrepreneurs and uh, also people that are still at work, right? So I serve two groups of people. I serve people that are in their personal finance journeys and wanting to be more intentional about increasing their net worth, whether that's decreasing their debt or increasing their savings and investments. And then I also help entrepreneurs establishing uh, business credit to scale their company. Love that. We do not need to be fearful about any of these topics. So... But I'm sure that you had a journey of your own, as all entrepreneurs do, right? We have some sort of catalyst that helps us get over the fear and get into entrepreneurship. So talk to us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so I'm going to start from the beginning. (laughs) So I am the daughter of immigrant parents. My family started uh, migrating from Dominican Republic to the U.S., uh, specifically New York City uh, in the in the 70s, the 80s. So I'm first generation here, uh, the oldest of three from both my parents, but I have an older sister as well from my from a, uh, my dad's previous marriage. And, you know, when, like I say, when we're not, we don't have guidance, you know, uh, people coming from a different country, you don't have guidance, mentorship, you fall into poverty very quickly and easily. And that is, that is our story. We lived in scarcity. We lived on like, you know, making end, ends meet, uh, not having our own money and having to unfortunately depend on the government for for us to live, for us to have food on the table. Uh, I We lived in a, in a rat infect, infested uh, apartment in the Bronx, you know, in the 90s. Uh, so I, that's what I saw, honestly, growing up, money was scary because of that, because I saw what it did to my family. I saw how... Um, how how difficult it was to get it. You know, I, I, I 
created a story around money that like I had to work really hard to make a lot of it and to be abundant. Uh, and then, you know, as time went on, which we'll talk about later on and how I got out of that situation physically and mentally. But later on, I was like, I had to learn so many things around money. And it was really tough to kind of like undo all of that because it was years of undoing. Right. right. Uh, so it Those was are very foundational beliefs. Yeah. And it's hard scarcity. to break those habits. Yeah. So hard. So, but go ahead, keep on going in, in this story. It's incredible. So how did you get to changing those beliefs? How in the world do you make this massive shift that you've made into really looking at money as, you know, your friend, you know, I always say money is really energy. It's an energetic currency too. And you've got to, you know, want to attract it into your life. So clearly you made the, the switch from scarcity to abundance. Yes. And I'm I feel like we're always going to be on that journey. Right. Uh, And things are going to change based on where we are with season, the season that we we're in in life and all of that. But I had to start with me, you know, at a very young age, I was the oldest in my household. So at a very young age. I was like, there has to be another way to live. Like, I, I just don't, why do we have to struggle so much? I don't get it. You know, and my parents being the immigrant parents that they are, they were like, oh, the answer is going to school and, you know, getting good grades. We all hear this, right? Totally. Uh, and, and and landing a good corporate job and then oh, buying oh, a yes. home, getting married, having kids. And I'm just like, um, okay. <laughs> that because you know, I was just naive. I didn't know what else to think. And that's that's what society teaches us, right? So I, I follow that American dream that I'm not sure whose dream that is, but <laughs> that's the one we're all sold. Right, right. And I just, I never saw, you know, examples of entrepreneurship or even people that were really financially stable or successful. Uh, you know, my family did okay, but it, it was still always a struggle. There was always, uh, money was always connected to like scarcity, you know, and like, oh, I don't have enough or I'm not going to be able to get you this gift. I remember like getting a, uh, um, getting a bicycle when I was like 10 or 11. And I was, I was like older than the, you know, the other kids in my neighborhood, I was way older and I had to get training wheels because my parents didn't have, you know, the money to get, to get a bicycle, to get me a bicycle. Like, you know, when all the kids, all the the other kids were getting them. Right. So I was kind of like late to the game and I'm here like riding my, my bicycle with training wheels because I never rode a bike and it was you know it was a little embarrassing and it's just like things like that that I would see you know and my my just my parents struggle a lot around that so I was I would always think like I'm gonna be like the catalyst in my family I'm gonna start break the cycle these generational court curses and trauma that we have experienced uh, from, you know, generation to generation, things that, you know, are not our fault and also things that are our fault. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know what that meant. I was so young. Um, and I, but I just always had that like fire in me. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one 
And, you know, I followed my, my parents' advice and I, I went to school. I was a good, a good student. So that helped a lot, right? Because I got scholarships, I got grants. We did, again, we, everything in the FAFSA was like zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we, there's nothing there. So we, I got a lot of money because of that, obviously from the government. And then I was a good student. So I got a ton of scholarships as well. And I ended up going to the University of Connecticut. And uh, that was, you know, I that was a great experience. I learned so much. I majored in resource economics with a concentration in business management and marketing. So I was always a money girl. I always thought like, this is super cool. I want to learn more and more about money because I don't know too much about it from home. Right. <laughs> uh, so or I want to know, know the positive, the, the positive side of money. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so I did that. And, you know, I was like the, tr the treasurer of one of the organizations on campus. Uh, again, money was like always the common denominator. Right. Right. So, it's the thread throughout the story for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, after graduation in 2011, I went right into corporate America. So literally everything that my parents said and what we are taught is what I did. I'm like, I'm going to listen, I'm going to do it one way or another. So <laughs> I made it happen. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start. So it's crazy because when I started uh, work, when I when I started working in corporate America, uh, I, I was already making twice as much as the money that my parents were making combined. Oh, wow. Entering, you know, it, it was a good salary, but it was still kind of entry level, right? Uh, right after college. But I had already surpassed my parents' income, which was crazy to think. Like totally. they raised three kids, you know, and they raised four kids, right? Because my my older sister was at home, so she was thirteen. So I was just like, "Wow, that's this is so cool." But then, you know, I was going through my adult phase, like the parting phase. I ended up. Well, at that point, I was still living in Connecticut. And then a year after the company gave me a promotion to work in the Manhattan office. Mm -hmm. So that's how I came back to my hometown. And I started working in, you know, right across the street from Madison Square Garden. So as you may imagine, like as a 21, 22 year old living on their own, <laughs> no parents around, first apartment in Queens. I was like bawling out. I was having oh, yeah. so much Living fun. The dream. I was partying. <laughs> so I was living paycheck to paycheck because of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this I'm, I'm not making like I'm making good income, but it was all going to, you know, just party and liquor yeah. and, and, par and parties and all the great things, um, you know, that you experience as a 22 year old. So, um, yeah, if I can only go back now to my days and, and take that money and have invested it. But right. I digress. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Hindsight is 2020. So I, you know, I didn't it didn't really budget didn't you know wasn't really intentional about my money but again when you're 20 you're really you know you're just having fun right you're just enjoying life enjoying being an adult for once and uh yeah and you know i ended up going from that company and in 2017 i took my my talents and my skills to another industry because i was just like i'm tired of this industry i want to jump ship and this is an advice that i have for everyone listening that once you're 
don't feel stuck somewhere, right? Don't feel loyal um, to a company, right? Um, I think that once you develop your skills and you're in a good position to maybe attract more money, you can get more money from another industry or another company, right? They're going to value you more because you've gained those experiences that are transferable to this specific, whatever it is that you're looking to, to find a job in, right? Or whatever role you're looking for. And that's what I did. So in 2017, I took those talents and those skills, everything I learned, I was in business development and, and in sales. And I went to uh, the construction industry. And that was a huge change, exciting because the culture was, it was just so much better from what, you know, I, I honestly was in a really toxic work environment um, previously. So it was a, a, um, a breath of fresh air, right? And then, you know, I, because of that, I was in a position to, in 2019, to get out of debt. I had crossed in 2018, I crossed over six figures in my corporate career. And that was super, that was super exciting. And one of those like monumental moments in your life where you're never going to forget. Right. Uh, so that was, that was that for me. And because of that, I, again, I was able to get out of debt in 29, April, May of 2019. So that was also a really huge step. And then from there, I started to get more intentional about, about, um, about money, you know, cause I'm like, now I'm so, so much freer. Like I have no debt. I owe nobody money. Oh my gosh. This is so different. So all my student loans, um, the ones that I had to take on, you know, outside of like the grants that I received, my car loan was also paid off everything, everything. So I'm like, wow, I have all this money now, this extra surplus. So I started to read more. You know, I got around people and, and entrepreneurs that knew a little bit more about money than I did, how to grow money. You know, so I started doing those things. I started looking at my investments, um, uh, it, uh, investing in, into more, you know, assets to grow my money and offset inflation uh and and just like getting getting better at at those things right at money organization and and budgeting and then fast forward to 2020 was you know the crazy year that we all experienced it was another monumental moment where uh like i was telling you sally uh before we we uh started recording I had, you know, I was thinking a lot uh, about my journey and my life and where I wanted to go. And I really wanted to start a business. You know, that was always in the back of my mind. And 2020, obviously, a lot of bad things happened. But I feel like some of the good things was the fact that it gave us some time and space to sit down and actually think for once. Right. That's we were right. always so you know, busy with this and that and going out and doing that. And we were kind of like at home. I, we were at home for a long time. So I, we had a chance to, I had a chance to reflect on how I wanted my, my journey to look like, how I wanted my future to look like, what I wanted to do in the next couple of years. And I was starting to be more intentional about that too. So, you know, at home, I, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a brand. I think this is the best time with all of this time we have. This is the best time to just focus on starting a company. I don't know how that's going to look like. I've never started a company. 
Uh, I know there's a lot of moving parts, but let's do it. So I did it in June of 2020. And a, a few weeks after that, there was a situation at work that compromised my physical and mental health. And it was the scariest thing of my life, but it was the most exhilarating. Looking back, it was the, the most exhilarating, exhilarating thing that happened in my life. And the honestly, the catalyst to uh, where I am now, right? The, the foundational block of, and the corner store, corner, cornerstone of what's happening now. Um, so that's so exciting looking back because th- that moment, I thought my world ended. Like I just thought I hit rock bottom, not rock middle. I hit rock bottom. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was done. Like I, I'm like, what am I going to do with my life now? Like all I've done is work for someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I, I just, and now I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm being valued as an employee. You know, I, I feel like all my work just goes down the drain, you know, like they don't, they don't, they don't notice the value that I'm providing and the work that I'm putting in to help their company. I'm helping somebody else's company. I'm helping somebody else's dream come to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm impacting somebody else's dream, somebody else's mm-hmm. company. Why not do it for myself? Absolutely. I've helped. I was helping over the last, that last decade, I helped companies save a ton of money and make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why don't I do that for me and help other, other people do that for themselves and their businesses and their companies and their personal finance journeys. And that's exactly what I did. I decided to walk away. I decided to walk away from corporate with no backup plan. Obviously, I'm not saying to walk away. Okay, if you're listening to, these, <laughs> to this, please look at your, you know, investments. Analyze what's happening with your money. Obviously, um, based on it, also is based on what's happening with your life and 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 your household. Right? I'm single, no kids, no husband, so I have a lot of flexibility. Right? right. Uh, I'm not saying to leave, you know, to take that leap of faith when you got to take care of family, right? You got to take care of kids and stuff like that. And I'm sure you know that, right? But you really always have to, beneficial to say, right, right. But you have swing to, the pendulum from zero to ten, exactly, right? and all the way back to zero, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then to that, I also say, though, on the other side is don't be in a position where you can freaking walk away from people who don't deserve your time, your energy, what you what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, Build your savings, build your investments, build everything, build yourself Mm -hmm. to be in a position. Right. Be have the posture to walk away from situations and people who are not supporting your, your, your future, your business, your company, who you are, your family, none of that. Right. Right. You know, how can somebody prepare for that? I mean, what was it that you had in place that really made that a possibility for you? That's a good question. So, and I actually was going to get to that. Uh, So a lot of the things that I did in that weekend where I was deciding, you know, if I wanted to leave or not, 
was I talked to people, right? I talked to people that I considered mentors that just knew a little bit more about life than I did, uh, that had wisdom, that believed in God. I'm, I'm a believer. So uh, I also wanted, wanted, wanted this decision to be um, something that was supported by God, right? That was supported by um, not just like my emotions, but uh, something more than that, right? The higher being. So I, you know, I reached out to this person and I had a conversation. I just wanted her to pray for me and, and I asked for advice. So that's the first thing that I would say, even if you're not a believer, you know, just ask, ask around, ask for people that, uh, talk to people that you respect that maybe you've, you know, bounce ideas off of, um, talk to those types of people that support you and your vision and your dream. No, like not people that are pessimistic, pessimistic or people that won't, you know, give you uh, productive feedback um, that you can take back and really think through about. But I think that would be the first step. And then in addition to that, you got to make sure you got the funds to fund your life. Right. Right. So that's also what I did. I opened up my 401k balance, my, I mean, everything, my investments, uh, my, my, the, the balance in my brokerage account, all of it. And, and this is why budgeting is so important because when you budget, you know how much you spend on average yearly, right? Uh, when you add up all those values and you look at that number. And then because I knew that number, I knew how much, how much I had saved that equated to, you know, that my expenses. So I knew that based on those numbers, I had over a year of expenses saved. And that is very valuable information. You probably strategically were setting it up so that yes. you would, yes, end up with that number at the conclusion of the year. And I can't tell you how many people do not know their numbers. They don't know what their operating expenses are. They don't know what they're, even if you're not an entrepreneur, what your family expenses are yep. to exist on a monthly basis and be able to create a year's worth of your expenses. So such valuable advice for yes. everyone. Yeah. For everyone. Correct. And that's like, this is actually something called F you money. I didn't know it was a it was a term until I had it and I had to use it that I was like that I actually like started listening to podcasts and and why and reading articles and books and they talk about this. They talk about F you money and it's having a, a, a chunky bank account, right? A chunky, a chunky savings account where you have at least a year of expenses saved. And what I recommend is having this, uh, this account or this balance in a high yield savings account because you don't need it right now, right? You don't need to have it in your regular savings account uh, where you have your emer emergency funds. You just need it somewhere tucked away somewhere where you're not looking at it every day and it's just there accumulating interest. And when oh. you say high yield, you're meaning it has a high interest rate that it's returning on that money. So your money is making money, correct? Correct. It's not it's not an investment account, right? Because that's that obviously you're gonna be you are gonna be um having to pay uh high capital gains tax and things like that. Uh and it's that is a brokerage account, right? Essentially. But I'm talking about the savings account with an online bank 
that offers higher interest than your regular bank. Uh, and they do, they're able to do that because they have, they have no overhead. They don't have physical locations, uh, which is awesome. Uh, unfortunately, after COVID, you know, interest rates have gone down a bit, but they're still giving us more interest than a, a traditional bank. So that's, that's key. Um, to, to know that I personally use Ally, but there's so many high yield savings accounts out there and companies that offer high yield savings accounts. I love that tip. So great. Do you have it automatically transfer into that account or do you do it manually? Just I to- do it manually because yeah. I, that's just who I am. But if you, if you automate, uh, or if you like automation, that is a very important part of the process to be able to, to do that. And then another thing also that, uh, that I found in my journey, my personal finance journey is that I didn't really like any of the budgeting tools out there. There's so many. So it's important to also, if you're in this space where you're like, I'm just frustrated with budgeting, uh, it's because that budgeting method that you're using is not aligned with your personality. Uh, so it's important to know that it's okay. Like it's not you is the budgeting method for you, right? Cause it has helped other people, but it's not the one for you. So with that, I'll say, you know, just continue trying other budgeting methods. For me, I was like, I'm sick of all these budgeting tools and resources. I'm just going to create my own. So that's what I did. I just created a six tab uh, budget sheet that, takes care of everything for me that I just put in my values, cash in, cash out, and it automatically calculates my surplus, my expenses, my income for uh, on a monthly basis. And then you're able to put your net worth from uh, an automated, uh, an automated app that you may use. I personally use personal capital is amazing. Um, So I don't know if you, uh, we can put the, 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 the budget sheet link um, in the show notes, if you want, uh, I can definitely share with everybody is completely free. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you so much. What a gift. You're welcome. Are you running your business like a marathon at sprint speed, but never getting anywhere? Take back control of your business with the Brim's Revenue Accelerator Program and let expert business coach Sally Holder run alongside you each step of the way. Our new program provides you the tools, strategies, and support you need to increase your revenue and create impactful growth. To get started earning more in considerably less time, follow us on Instagram at The Brim. That's T-H-E underscore B-R-I-M-M. And direct message us revenue to find out if this is the right fit for you and your business. So you have this year of expenses, you realize, okay, I have what I need to start this business. Um, Tell us about, you know, how you began to acquire customers and who is the ideal customer that you serve and in what way, what do you help them with? What's kind of the transformation you get them? Awesome. So, yeah. So after the, that this was, this is another part of my journey in life, I guess, <laughs> because this is, this is like the next stage. Um, after I got of like the scarcity mindset around money, now I'm entering the entrepreneurial worlds, which, wow, that's, that is different. So, you know, it's, it's a learning curve, right? And just like we talked about earlier, when you are doing something big, the devil does not like it. No, so no, no. you're right. I, 
Yes, I never going to be smooth. If it were, then everyone right. would do it, right? You got to fight for what you want. Exactly. And that's what happened. Things fell. I had this plan. I had a X, Y, you know, everything laid out, this framework. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I got this. And then I don't got it. <laughs> no. I was like, what, oh. that's it we, we make plans and God laughs, right? Yes, right. Yeah. And uh, there was a, an interview, a Mike Tyson interview way back when, when he K- KO'd, uh, I forgot who it was. And then he, the guy is interviewing him and he goes, what happened there? You know, we were expecting a great fight and you just knocked him out, blah, blah, blah. And he says, everybody got a plan. Everybody got a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> and then they're like, obviously, I can't say it like he did, but you guys should look it up. It's hilarious. Oh, so, I'm going to have to. I true. love this. Everyone's got a plan until they've been hit in the face. So true. I was hit then in what? the face so bad <laughs> yeah. that I uh, something happened where I had to use, I would say, like four months of my living expenses in like a matter of weeks scary that's freaking scary because i the plan was to pace myself with this money right (laughs) and like you know okay i got a year but we got to be smart about this because i wasn't making money in cash i had just started there was no revenue there was no activity so because of that, I, I fell into depression. I was depressed for, a, for, I would say, maybe like three to four months after the situation. It was like from October, October, November of 2020, all the way till like maybe February, March of 2021, where I had to like just figure out how things were going to fit in my life, how I was going to live, right? How I wasn't going to get evicted. And uh, yeah, so I again, I was just hit in the face and I had to figure out how I was going to survive for these next couple of months. Right. To stay above water um, and not and and to not go in the red. So I, you know, overcame that, (laughs) thankfully. And, you know, the first quarter of 2021, I was doing a lot of internal work for cash is queen. So I was like working on my website. I would talk to a mentor of mine. I'm considering him an unofficial mentor. He never, we never established that relationship, right. Officially, but he would, we would check in. We had check-in calls every week and he would help me with like, you know, talk about the company and what, you know, what, how he, what he sees, uh, helping me, you know, staying on track with my, with my goals and, and with the website specifically, I, I did the website myself, which I'm so proud of because that is not easy. And I'm never doing that again. If I ever have a new business or if I ever had to revamp my current website, Oh, the worst. Um, so we do what I, we have to do at the beginning to get started, right? Exactly. Yeah, because I definitely I didn't have I didn't have the funds yeah. to outsource that. You know, so I, I there's have, a will and there's a way, and you yeah. figure it out, and that's fantastic. You weren't going to let that stop you, right, from getting going, and I love that. Right, right. And then you know, I did that. I was also I I got 
Um, I got an email from a magazine based in Atlanta that wanted to feature me, uh, you know, just behind the scenes things to build my credibility and to, to start sharing the, the uh, good knowledge, you know, of Cash is Queen and why we exist. Uh, so I did that. And then he, that same mentor really started to like, give me ideas, small little ideas of like where Cassius Queen can be. Because I was thinking small. I'm like, oh my God, I'm having such a hard time attracting, you know, the person, the client that I can help that, um, you know, that I can help with their, their money situation, overcome whatever they're going through. And they're like, you know what? He's like, I actually see Cassius Queen in like the YMCA's of the world. And uh, you, cu- you, you uh, partnering up with organizations and the government and the department of education to different cities to bring financial literacy to the, to those classrooms or you know spaces and community centers and i'm like that is freaking genius i i agree yeah. so with that little idea i started to do outreach and i started to reach out to organizations that serve in in the financial literacy space that serves similar audiences you know of who i wanted to serve right mm-hmm. um so i started getting responses and that is how i started to build my corporate clientele and now i have a number of different corporate clients where I do workshops with, you know, I do business credit workshops with them to kind of help entrepreneurs get going uh, in establishing their business credit and and being more fundable for their business and connecting them to some funding sources. Because I don't know if you know this, Ali, but in 20, I believe it was 2019 or 2020, there was a, a very high rate of women entrepreneurs that started businesses. It, across the U.S., but mm-hmm. there is not that same rate doesn't exist with the number of successes. Absolutely, the success rate is very is much lower than the startup rate. Absolutely, women entrepreneurs, and that's a lot of that has to do with money. We're all talk, this is this is all about money, right? Exactly. Um, so funding, you know, finding funds to be able to grow your company. It's it's like a baby you're nurturing, right? You need, you need to have money to throw at the company and the baby so that you can, uh, you can help the baby grow. Absolutely. And support the, the, that journey. So, uh, yeah, so I do, you know, I do a lot of work around business credit and then again, also personal finance and helping people in general, not just entrepreneur, but also helping um, people that are working, people that maybe are side hustling or thinking about a job or thinking about, you know, uh, um, a business, how to help them with those personal finances and getting that situated um, so that it runs in the background. They don't have to worry about it. And now they can focus on more, you know, different things that really gives them joy. Yeah. So tell us exactly what you mean by business credit, right? I think that a lot of our listeners kind of have heard the term, but they may not really understand what it means. And, you know, I find especially a lot of female entrepreneurs kind of comparing themselves to like the, you know, Silicon Valley based businesses thinking that in order to get funding or capital, that it looks like having some kind of crazy private equity investors or something like that. But 
you know, uh, I know that there are simpler ways and I just am so eager for, for you to kind of describe that concept of business credit and, and really other ways for them to get the type of capital that they really need access to. Yeah, there's there are much simpler ways and I feel like it can get overwhelming. And that's the first thing you think about when it comes to business credit. Right. You're like, whoa, how do I even get in front of these tables? You know, how do I get in front of these people? Uh, what's the process like? That is a lot to think about and to digest at once. But I love to break it down in, in digestible steps and easy steps that you can take care of, that you can work on now, no matter where your business is, even if you don't have a business, you could still start thinking about these things. And business credit is simply what you, what it sounds like, right? You're building credit for your company um, associated with your EIN number and something called your DUNS number and not your social, right? Your social, that's how you build personal credit. So it's awesome because a lot of a lot of things and people and, 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 and ideas that I hear about out there is that, oh, you know, if I have a, if I don't have a strong personal credit score, I'm not able to build business credit. You know, I want to build my personal credit first and then I'll take care of person of business credit. That's not the case. You can actually build business credit independently from your social, which again, a lot of people don't know. And it's very possible through the way that, you know, I, I teach in the framework. Um, but it's, it's so much better when you're, you know, you're given 30 days to pay a, a vendor off where versus you just having to pay, um, right now, right today, um, yeah. where you can wait for those ARs to come in and manage your cash flow a little bit better. Um, it just gives you also peace of mind. Um, when I started to build business credit, I'm like, wow, this is amazing because now I can leverage other people's money to help my company grow. And, you know, now I'm being, uh, I'm, I'm more marketable as a business owner. Uh, I'm more attractive to lenders and I'm doing, I'm doing both, right? I'm building personal credit and business credit uh, in different ways, but at the same time as well, right? If that makes sense. So yeah, I love that. Love that. Um, what would you say to a business owner? I'm so curious right now, while the interest rates are really low still, and let's say they have some you know, idea of growth and they're wanting to potentially add some employees or add a new revenue stream, and they know that they're going to need some capital to do that. How would they get started with that process? Or what do you feel like are the first couple of steps or anything that they need to be prepping right now? Yeah. So that's a lot to unpack, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of going to keep this super high level. Yes. And if you guys want to connect with me afterwards, I could, I, I'm so happy to be able to connect with you and answer your questions um, and things like that. But uh, I think you should start setting up your business where, you know, you have obviously for those of you listening or for those of you listening that don't have an EIN number starting there, right? Because you can't build business credit without an EIN number. Yes. <laughs> so the employer your, identification number is yes. necessary. You are a formal business once you have that. 
Exactly. So if you're in side hustle mode, there's no way for you to build business credit, right? Because you don't have an EIN number. You're just kind of doing it on the side to test it out. So when you're serious, you're really serious and you're like, okay, I'm going to make this, I'm going to really register my business and make this official. Um, that's the very first step, right? Registering your business with the state, wherever you live and getting your EIN number. And then the next step to that would be to get your Duns and Bradstreet number, which is Duns and Bradstreet is the number one business credit creditor in America. And they're going to help you. They're going to start receiving data from suppliers and vendors. And that's how they're going to populate a score for you um, so that you, they it, based on that score, it was it would basically tell um, these lenders what your what the fundability for your business looks like. So that is the biggest thing. And then also, obviously, having a dedicated business bank account. I am not I, I honestly cannot emphasize this enough. I've been doing a lot of workshops around this and there are a lot of people out there co-mingling. And that honestly is the worst thing you can do, like using your personal ba- uh, business bank or using your personal bank account for business transactions or vice versa, you do not want to do that because this is going to be really hard for you to really pursue other funding opportunities when you get to the point where maybe you want a bank line of credit or maybe you want a loan. Guess what? They want you to show these bank statements. And when you have bank statements from random places because you're using your this account for personal reasons as well it's just gonna it's gonna not not gonna look good right and it's not professional when it comes to showing the, the these bank statements to to the lenders so true you know i love that you even started with the ein because i think that you know, I typically start talking about getting a business line of credit and I'm, I'm like so far down the line. Yes. But you're right. I mean, the establishment of some of these foundational pieces is so critical and we have to make sure that that people have them in place. Um, and establishing that business bank account is so critical. I cannot tell you how many female entrepreneurs I deal with and they want me to Venmo them, which Ooh. immediately sends up a red flag for me. Really bad. Really bad. <laughs> um, because not only does Venmo not keep track of any type of transactions, I, I think now they have some kind of business format, but but you really aren't establishing a business account. So again, like Yorellis is saying, you're operating as an individual. You're getting paid as an individual through Venmo. All of these things are putting potentially your S corporation at at stake as well. Um, And not to mention, it makes tracking any of that just an utter nightmare. So when it becomes tax time, you're in a hot mess. Mm -hmm. And um, right, it doesn't present the type of legitimacy that you're looking to present either. So no, no on the Venmo. Um, (laughs) Use it for your babysitter, not for your business expenses um, or 
So, um, okay, now they've established all of these things. At what point do you feel like, because this is a question I get all the time, at what point do you feel like it is good or, and I know that this is, you know, you can't make blanket statements, you guys. And that's what she's saying is please do reach out. If you're wanting guidance and help, reach out to her or the professional that you have, but get support um, in this from someone that really knows what they're doing. Um, And, but at what point can you hire? At what point do you know that, okay, I can take on debt. I know that I can, you know, uh, create some growth or begin to scale, even if, you know, all of that cash isn't in necessarily my bank account, um, my personal bank account, I'm going to leave alone, right, mm-hmm. guys, because you're not going to put your own uh, individual financial well-being at stake. You're going to work with the capital within the company. So what, um, at what point can we do that? Right. Where, where do you advise people? Wow. That is a good question. Yeah. (laughs) I told you, I mean, it's hard to know the answer to. It's so hard. So I'm honestly, I'm just going to share my, my journey, uh, and try to answer the question based on my journey because I, you know, I'm not, it's hard to answer the question without like having somebody's profile, right? Like, you know, how do you have a job? Do you, so many questions, like, do you take care of family? Uh, how does that look like? So for me, you know, again, I'm single. I live in a high cost of living area. Uh, I obviously I left my job. So my revenue was, was just what was in my savings account, honestly. So I was in a really tight position. And then in addition to that, you know, I was, I was, I had to pick up side hustles because I also didn't want to deplete my entire balance. Right. Uh, before it was time. Uh, so I, I, you know, for the time being and to like pay for little things, I would, I would do side hustles. Uh, so I knew when I started and I was in that space, I knew I, I, I couldn't take on that. Like it would, it would not have been good for me to do that. Like not a logical thing to do, uh, no matter how much I wanted my business to grow. I had to, I was also surviving and honestly, like, uh, you know, not sugarcoating. I was, I had to pay bills, right. My personal bills. So I was there and that meant that I had to do everything. So I, I couldn't outsource, right? I couldn't hire a team or I couldn't hire people to do that. So uh, that is when I'm, I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to hold off on anything, on any investments for the company until I'm in a good position personally uh, to cover these, you know, my living expenses with my company's revenue, right? And now I'm at a point where, uh, so I did... Cause I'm all about taking risks when it's, when it makes sense. Right. When it's right. Gonna for my future and my generational wealth. So yeah. I took a crazy risk and that's how we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I did take a risk and I, you know, invested five figures in my company uh, a few months ago uh, with a, a coaching program. So yes, that's a lot. Yes. You know, I, I w- didn't cross, I haven't crossed five figures yet. In my business, but it was an investment because I know I am going to. I'm, and since then, you know, my business has tripled and and double, tripled and quadrupled, right? So 
you know, I even though at that point I was getting out of, you know, I, I was I was I was seeing some activity. I was seeing the company growing. I was seeing some revenue revenue coming in. I was like, you know, it was tight. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do, this is my other leap of faith. I, I allow myself one leap of faith every year. So this was, uh-huh. this was a 2021 leap of faith, uh, <laughs> probably sleeping into 2022. Right. So I, um, you know, I did, I did take on that debt for the time being, but it's again, it's for my, my wealth is for my legacy and, I am I'm at peace with it. And that's one thing about it that like you also should also should really think, think it through, sleep on it, meditate on it and uh, and just just see if it's aligned with your personal values and goals. Uh, if this decision is going to support your future or hurt it or hinder it. Right. Such a good answer. I love that. Yes, it is. And. You know, I think that that is a beautiful way for us to really kind of, you know, wrap this up is that this is an individual journey and that it needs to align with you individually and where you want to go. And you have done that so well for yourself. And I love that, you know, it is now about guiding others along the way for you too. You know, you said some fantastic things, some great tips about intentionally surrounding yourself with others who know more than you, right? And I would say getting the guidance from someone like you seems to be critical. It's been critical along your journey. I love the idea. I noted this. I will be working on the FU money to <laughs> having at least a year of my operating expenses saved in a high yield savings account. So I've written that down. Um, and then, of course, utilizing the foundational tools to be able to set ourselves up to create business capital and, and eventual wealth. So, um, I mean, this was just action-packed full of tips that I know our listeners are going to walk away with. So we will put it in the show notes, but let's make sure that we say it on the episode as well. If someone here is thinking, I need to begin working on these things um, and they love Eurelis as much as I do, they want to reach out. How can they get in touch with you and begin to follow you? Awesome. So I'm on Instagram. It's uh, Y. T as in Tom, I, F as in Frank, A. So my last name, Ytifa, 14. That's where you can find me on Instagram. I'm, I also have a website. So it's www.cashesqueenllc.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Jarellis Tifa. And we'll put it in the show notes. I'm also on Facebook as well. You can find me on my business page at Cashes Queen LLC or Jarellis Tifa on my personal page. So yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I would love to connect. Love that. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you. Love giving our listeners more information about money. And um, I cannot wait for them to use this information to make their businesses just a little bit better. We'll see you on the next episode of the Hitting Rock Metal podcast. Again, I'm your host, Sally Holder. Thank you for joining us. 